Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S. From KQED. The transition for students and families and schools to remote learning has been a struggle. And for families that don't speak English at home, remote learning is even tougher. At Oakland Unified, this is the situation for about half of all students. Those challenges really span the gamut from, you know, a frustration that I simply um, can't follow the progress of my children to kids actually not attending their classes because of those challenges. Families say communication is one of the most important things the district can do to make distance learning easier. And for a district with a fast-growing immigrant population, that's proven to be really tough. So what do families need, and how is the school district adjusting? I'm Devin Kadiyama. Welcome to The Bay. We initially um, began to hear about the challenges that families were facing in the spring when we essentially just started asking our audience, how are you being affected and what questions do you have? Um, And that's when we started to receive some questions um, about technology and about remote learning. Madeline Baer is the founding director of El Tiempano which is a reporting lab that's constantly in communication with its audience, primarily Spanish-speaking immigrants in Oakland. After Oakland Unified joined school districts around the state in remote distance learning last spring, El Tiempano sent out text messages to its audience and asked how they felt. At that point, a few parents wrote to us asking where they could receive computers. One wrote to us saying, I worry that my son is going to fall behind in school because I believe they're giving classes online, but I don't have a computer at home. And so that was when it was very clear to us that, you know, whatever plans were being made, a lot of parents just weren't getting the information about what was being done once their schools shut down physically. El Tiempano has been working in collaboration with the Oakland side. And Madeline has been collecting feedback and stories from immigrant families in Oakland about this transition to online learning. El Tiempano's audience range from immigrants who've been in the Bay for decades to people who've just arrived. Most are monolingual Spanish speakers or speak Spanish as a second language after Mom Mayan. Once we knew that Oakland Unified was going to remote learning in the fall, how did families react to that? Pretty much everyone who wrote in said that they were supportive of remote learning. Um, They said, I wouldn't feel safe sending my kid to school right now, knowing that the virus is still spreading. But they also expressed that, you know, they knew it would be a challenge. They knew it would be a sacrifice. 
And then in early September, about a month into the school school year starting, we asked our audience how it was going for them. And that's where we started to hear more of the stories. You know, several people wrote in saying that it, it's going fine, that their schools are really supporting them and their kids. And a number of people also expressed serious concerns and challenges that they were facing. Can you talk to me about some of those challenges? Like, what are some families saying they need? So a lot of those challenges really have to do with the language barrier that they face compounded with the digital divide. And when I say the digital divide, I don't necessarily mean the lack of tools, because at this point, it seems like most of the parents do have the, the technology that they need, mm-hmm. um, but they don't have experience using computers. Um, many people you know, didn't use computers or didn't even have a laptop or home internet before remote schooling. And so we've heard from a lot of parents saying that they're just feeling really frustrated that they can't help their kids with online learning. And those challenges really span the gamut from, you know, a frustration that I simply can't follow the progress of my children to kids actually not attending their classes because of those challenges. One of the parents that we heard from was a, a mother named Veronica Macario, um, who lives in Fruitvale. ¿En cuál escuela está su hijo? En la Manzanita Community. Her 10-year-old son goes to Manzanita Community School in Fruitvale. ¿Y, y en cuál grado está? El número cuatro. And we talked to her three weeks into the school year. And Veronica said that her son had received a laptop from school. Um, She said, I I think he's even received instructions on how to use it. And and he had actually used a laptop in the spring to attend classes online. But since he was now attending a different school and some of the programs that they were using on the computer had changed, um, he actually didn't know how to log on. Y ahora se me hace muy difícil porque yo no puedo hablar inglés y tampoco puedo usar lo que son las computadoras. And she said, you know, I don't speak English. And my son, who only came from Guatemala last year, he also doesn't speak English. His teacher doesn't speak Spanish. And so we just haven't been able to follow the instructions to log him onto classes. Pero como él no entiende, entonces no, no les entendió nada. I would think, too, like some parents might not be able to be home with their kid to even help. And I also think the additional compounding issue of knowing that the Latino community is disproportionately hit by COVID-19 in the Bay Area and and in California because they're out doing essential work and bringing some of that stress home with them must be difficult, too. One of the parents in, in our story is a woman named Dora Correa who said that She started a new job this year and works as a home health aide, and she works long hours and has two sons, um, 12 and 14 years old, who stay home um, while she's off working to log on to their classes. And she said... 
you know, I, I've had a lot of support from their schools and their teachers. Um, but, you know, at one point, my son's teacher told me that he had missed classes and I asked him why and he said that I couldn't log on. And she said, you know, I'm not there to be able to support him. I don't know what's going on and I just don't know how to help him. What stood out to you most from the reporting that you did and the families that you heard from? I mean, something that stuck with me the most is just learning how much parents who are already juggling so much are are trying and really seeking support. You know, one of the fathers that I, I talked to, he has two teenagers in high school. He also is unfamiliar with technology and and just knew that it would be a challenge to support his kids through online learning this year. And so he went to Fremont High um, and talked to the staff there and gave them his phone number and found the counselor and told them, you know, if if my son starts falling behind, give me a call. Um, and he's been communicating with his son's counselor via WhatsApp. Um, you know, other families, other parents we talked to who are working, they're they're taking the time out of their week to visit schools, um, to pick up homework on a weekly basis and Mm -hmm. to talk to staff um, to ask for the support that they need. Um, And so, you know, parents are just facing so many challenges, as are the schools and teachers, um, and everyone is just trying to do their best to make it work. COVID-19 has illuminated so many issues that reach all aspects of our society and of the increasing inequities um, here in the Bay Area and and beyond. Um, And, you know, the schooling, the school system is often what people look to to solve many of those problems, whether it's food access um, or childcare. Um, and, you know, we're at a time where it's really all hands on deck. We, we can't just leave it up to the school system and the teachers to solve all of these problems. The issues in terms of parents working long hours or even having to go back to work when they're not fully recovered from COVID or when they have kids who have to be at home learning. Um, those are solutions that society as a whole really needs to, to come to grips with. Coming up, we're going to speak with the Oakland Side reporter Ashley McBride about how Oakland Unified is responding to the needs of its growing immigrant student population in a district where currently about half of students speak a language other than English at home. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just 
what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, it was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. Um, how would you characterize the conversations you've had with school officials? I would say they sounded determined and exasperated, but I think we are all exasperated right now working through a pandemic and just everything that's going on in the world. But I would say that they really, truly are trying to do the best for their students. My name is Ashley McBride, and I cover education equity at the Oakland side. We heard from Madeline what it was like for families to adjust to remote learning and how difficult that was. But what was it like for the district, for for educators and teachers to start the school year with distance learning? It's been pretty difficult. There's no uh, manual for learning in a pandemic. They have said, you know, they're trying to build the boat while they're sailing it or fly the plane while they're building it, whatever metaphor you'd like to (laughs) use. Um, So they're constantly evaluating their strategies, building on their strategies and trying out new ones. For example, they held Spanish language office hours for um, a few weeks at the start of school where basically families who spoke Spanish could log in, they could ask whatever question they had and try to figure out what other challenges they're facing. They're also about to launch a uh, hotline, a Spanish language hotline for those families to call in and talk to a live person. You know, if their students aren't logging into the Zoom call, maybe they'll make a, a phone call home or they'll use text messaging apps or even do pop-up home visits to check in on their students. Just making that connection first is their first priority and then they'll take care of trying to get them on track with their academics. Ashley says communicating with families is one of the most important things the school district can do right now. Before the pandemic, Oakland Unified did a lot of that communication in person to help build personal connections with immigrant families. But now doing that work is a lot harder. And Ashley says once you lose that personal connection, it becomes a lot more difficult to work with families and give them the help that they need. The district knows, you know, they can't solve everything, but they know that they should still do something to try to help. And right now it feels like they're just kind of still in emergency mode. I do think they are still in emergency mode. I know another thing that has been in the works has been partnering with community organizations to create small learning pods 
in uh, some nonprofits that have extra office space. They have solid internet connections. They've been uh, inviting some students to do work in their offices so the students can get out of their home and maybe have you know, an adult present if they go to this small learning pod. You know, these disparities that exist now, whether it's um, in trying to access the internet or language difficulties, they all existed before the pandemic. They're just being really revealed and exacerbated right now. Ashley, thank you so much. Thank you, Devin. Teachers in Oakland negotiated for distance learning through the end of the year. And Madeline says that's left parents feeling wary, but grateful that they won't have to send their kids to school in the middle of the pandemic. But it's also a reflection of the series of bad choices before parents right now. Because it's either that, sending kids to school, or figuring out this whole distance learning thing, which has been really hard. Ashley McBride covers education equity at the Oakland side. You also heard from Madeline Baer, founding director of El Tiempano, which has partnered with the Oakland side for this story. You can see Ashley and Madeline's full story at oaklandside.org or eltiempano.org. We'll leave you links to both in our show notes. This episode of The Bay was produced by Erica Cruz Guevara, editor Alan Montecilio, and myself, Devin Katayama. The Bay is a production of your local public media station, KQED. That's it from us. Talk to you next time. Hi there, I'm Randa Dirfetah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.